Okay, here we go, everybody. Yes, indeedy, doodle. And when I say doodle, I'm not talking about that breed of dog, the uh, labradoodle. No, this is just doodle, and I'm not talking about drawing a funny little picture. It's just yes, indeedy, doodle. Can you not accept it at face value? Thank you. Why am I ragging on you right out of the gate? Welcome to the Harland Highway. I'm Harland Williams, and you are on the Harland Highway podcast. And uh, what a show today. Um, we are going to be talking about a very unusual sea creature that yours truly caught. Yes, I know I've been talking about pulling in giant marlins, but I caught another little fishy that is a very unique and strange uh, creature that you have to hear about. Also, uh, going to be talking about uh, human beings and our primal urges, our primal instincts. This is pretty fascinating stuff that I kind of started to look at and uh it's about you and me and and where how we're wired and where things come from also uh horrible news in the middle east uh isis the uh, terrorist group has uh been ramping up and doing more horrible things and we're going to get a military update from uh lieutenant tom dowdy from down in camp pendlington in california he's gonna fill us in on what's going on here we go it's time to get started. It's the Harland Highway. You're listening to Harlan Williams. Harlan, funny stuff, bro. Funny stuff. Keep it coming. Later. How long have you had this job? Long enough. He's fine as long as he gets his medication. He doesn't get his medications. He's not fine. Right. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. You're a groovy boy. I'd like to strap you on sometime. The Harland Highway. You're all going to experience intense mental, physical strength. All right, hold tight on the Harland Highway show. Don't make me do it. I'll do it, I swear to God. Don't be such a fucking pussy. You're new around here, ain't you? You're listening to Harlan Williams. Welcome to the Harland Highway. Okay, you hear that? You hear that sound? That is music. Yeah, that's music. You hear the beat? You hear the drum? You feel it? You feel your you feel your body going? You feel a visceral reaction? Feel your toes tapping? Did ya? Did, did it get you going? Did it get your blood moving? Did it kind of get everything amped up a little? And that's what I want to talk about here this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever part of the day you're in. Oh, 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 oh. Um, here's where this this came from, and and what I want to talk about is how how primal we are as human beings. And this this was something that put a huge smile on my face. I was uh, I was uh, out in uh in uh Virginia. Okay? I was over in Virginia a few weeks ago and I was doing a show and I I walked through one of these outdoor mall centers. Okay? And I went up on the balcony and there was a place where I could kind of watch and look down and people watch. And I was looking right down over a courtyard with a fountain and I guess the the people who run the the complex hired a uh uh, a band to get up in the uh, open air and and play. It was like a it was a whole bunch of guys with saxophones and uh, you know uh, trombones and it was really cool. They were really um, 
they're really doing a good job. And, you know, the parents were all sitting around eating their Cold Stone and their Panda Express and smoking and doing all that stuff. But what was interesting to me, which fascinated me, was the kids. There were little babies. There were kids that could barely walk, kids that had just learned to stand. There were kids that were two years old, three years old, five years old, six years old. And and in each and every one of them, I witnessed their little cartilage-filled knees start to bop up and down, and they started spinning around in circles, and they started bobbing their heads and flapping their arms. It's like that that uh, movie, A March of the Penguins. They were all just, like, wobbling around and, you know, just about to fall over, and then they'd catch their balance. And it really got me thinking about, you know, nobody nobody prompted these little kids to dance. Nobody prompted their rhythm to kick in. Nobody prompted them to start kind of bouncing up and down and moving and grooving. And it it started me thinking about just, you know, how primal we are on that level that music and rhythm and the beats of things just are are born within us. They're part of our, our DNA, part of our constitution. And it was just fascinating. And so, so then I started looking for, for the parents with the kids. And sure enough, like each parent that arrived with a baby or a young little kid, same deal. The kid just started going. It's like somebody flicked a switch and the kid just went off, man. And then what was really cool is some of the kids would just seek each other out and start dancing together. They'd, they'd run up to each other and start twirling around. And uh, it was really neat. It was. It was just. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of the basic wiring of of human beings. That we kind of sometimes, as we get older, maybe we take music for granted. Dare I say, rhythm for granted? Uh, you know, not that we need rhythm every day, but it it just kind of brought me back to. Even though I was at a modern mall with a cheesecake factory. You know, and uh, us Cold Stones and a Panda Express. I almost started looking at all the people down there through the prism of the Neanderthal, of the caveman. And I thought, man, this isn't probably that much different from how we were wired long, 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 long ago. You know, there was probably times when when Neanderthal man would, would start banging on a log with a stick. Or clapping, or humming, or but but everyone started going, and it was great because the, this this show of kids, this this show of children, it was white kids, it was black kids, it was Asian kids. It didn't matter what their race was; that they, they were they were all performing the same function, doing the same dance, and it was. It was fun because, you know, when adults dance, they kind of try to put on a show and they kind of gyrate their hips and they, you know, you try to be sexy when you're dancing or you try to imitate some kind of dance you've seen somewhere or you've been taught to dance a certain way. But with the with the youngins, with the little babies, these guys just go off and they, they don't follow any rules. They just like kind of go bonkers. And not to sound mean, but they, they almost look like an autistic kid, like, twirling around in a, in a living room or something. They're just, like, 
but yet at the end of all their erratic actions, somehow their 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 bodies, the 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 bending of the knees and the bopping of the heads, it somehow follows in sync with the beats of the music, with the notes of the music, with the the tempo, the tempo man of the music. And it was just a really cool reminder about how how human beings are put together, how we're wired, how how so many things are instilled in us, right? Right at a very basic age, at at the very beginning of our lives, where our bodies are attuned to receiving stimuli and reacting to it and having uh, reactions to it. It was kind of fascinating. I'd kind of forgotten, you know, how we were kind of put together that way. And it also kind of reminded me of of how music is such a communal voice, how music is, uh, it goes above and beyond any type of language, any type of politics or social strata. Music just is. It, it flows without borders. It flows without inhibition it flows without prejudice and uh seeing this collection of of multicultural children little little babies and toddlers just spinning around and laughing and interacting it was like a little tribe of little youngins and uh you know nothing ground shattering with this topic but i just thought i'd i'd share it with you maybe Maybe somewhere deep within you, it, it reminds you, it, it reconnects you to the power and the, uh, the uh, beauty and perhaps the innocence of, uh, of music. So there you go. Uh, I, I'd like to keep talking about it, but as Tom Jones so eloquently once said. I think I better dance now. Yeah, look at me go. Ooh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, look at that. Oh, bop it, drop it, stop. What? Who? Why is he calling in? Well, I'm, I was just dancing here. I was enjoying myself. Okay. All right, he's on the line. Uh, sounds like Roger just let me know uh, Major Tom Dowdy from Camp Pendlington, California is on the line. As we all know, this ISIS or ISIL thing is is heating up even more in in the Middle East, and I guess what this came from upstairs. Okay, well, in an effort to keep you guys up to date on the news and informed, I guess uh, my boss feels it pertinent that we have experts on the show. Here he is. Are you there, Major Tom? Uh, Major Tom. Uh, yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, y- yes, sir. Uh, thank you for calling in uh, from Camp Pendlington, I believe, sir. Yes, sir. That's right. That is a go. We are a go. Uh, and you are? We're located uh, right on the uh, shores of uh, Southern California, sir. Uh, just uh, south of Los Angeles and just north of uh, San Diego. Okay. Um, and... Let's jump right into it, uh, Major, um, Commander, Lieutenant, uh, 
Dowdy. Um, this this whole uh, ice ISIL is it ISIS or is it ISIL? Uh, I've decided just to compel the two and uh, call them icicle. You're changing the name of the terrorist group. Uh, yes, sir. Last thing you want to do is be confused uh, about who your enemy is. Okay, uh, we do not want to be confused about who it is we're trying to kill. So if we're coming up with a variation of names on uh, on these uh, perpetrators, uh, ISIS, ISIL, uh, isotherm, isometric. Uh, you know, it just the list could go on and on until your uh, your ass cheeks turn silver. Uh, sir. So what I've done is I've just taken the names, tapered them together, fused them together, and uh, believe me, uh, I've been out in the field and I've fused things before. What do, what does that mean, sir? Well, you can be out in the field with a tank or some kind of military vehicle, and you have to get a welding torch and fuse pieces together to keep rolling. Okay, so you've fused ISIL and ISIS together. And I've got icicle, okay? And I don't think it could be a more fitting word because we want to melt these sons of fucks. Excuse me, sir? Pardon my language, sir. We want to melt this terrorist organization right to the ground. I want I want this I want these people to melt into the ground, get absorbed into Mother Earth, become acclimated with the groundwater, and I'll be goddamned if I don't want the water to come squirting up through a sprinkler valve on a golf course in Palm Springs. And I walk all over that wet shit with my fucking golf shoes. All the little spikes going right into their heads, those little fuck. Okay, sir, I, I feel like that's a, a little almost borderline fantastical. Well, when you're dealing with an enemy like ISIS, go. Sorry? Icicle. I, th- I thought you said ISIS and then cool. Are you telling me, civilian, what I said? No, sir, but I, it sounded like... I said icicle, okay? Now... Uh, sir? Look, these guys are heating up, okay? If people think that icicle isn't a threat to the homeland, if, if people don't think that they can get on a plane and fly over to the United States of America from the sand pits or the play box or whatever the hell they're doing over there, uh, you are greatly misinformed, okay? Greatly, greatly misinformed. Well, sir, I, I get it that they're, they are a terrorist threat and they're a mounting terrorist threat, but is it really practical to believe that, that these guys could could collectively get on a plane and come over here and really inflict much damage i mean obviously they could they could probably blow something up or kill a few people but to 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 uh you know technically take out a city or even a small town seems kind of implausible well listen to you civilian listen to you you know it's people like you that uh I'll tell you what, when I, when I was in Vietnam, okay, wandering through the fucking jungle, night after night, with no fire, no food, no purified drinking water, you know what I had to do to start a fire, civilian?
Sir, uh, I, I think you're getting a little animated here. Do you know what I had to do to start a fire, civilian? I, I don't know. Rub some sticks together? Good luck rubbing sticks together in a tropical rainforest, you uninformed piece of water buffalo shit. Now, sir, there's no need to get hostile. Here's what I had to use to start a fire, all right? I had to cut the legs of a dead Vietnamese, North Vietnamese, that's right. North Vietnamese? I said North Vietnamese. Well, that's not what I heard. I cut the legs off a North Vietnamese, and I ripped his tibias out, okay? And I rubbed his bone legs together until I got a spark. And that's how I started a fire. Now, have you ever done that, civilian? No, I haven't cut the legs off a North Vietnamese soldier, ripped his tibias out, rubbed them together to get a fire. Well, welcome to... To, uh... To what? Just, well... So, have you ever been in the jungle, civilian? And had head lice so thick that by the time you got to the other end of the jungle, you were balder than a Chinese titmouse? Sir, can we just stick with the ISIS that threat? Sounds like you're having trouble talking now, too, civilian. What's the matter? Feeling a little intimidated? No, I just feel like this. I'm, we're trying to get information about the the uprising of of icicle that's right you got it and you're going off about rubbing legs together and lice if you ever had lice eat your hair off in the middle of the jungle and then get into your eyebrows and your eyelashes and you walk out of the jungle and you look balder than a chinaman's ass okay so you got to stop making these asian references well look at you look at you sitting there on your high chair eating your gerber baby pablo what? Listen, when you get the lice in your eyebrows, and you get the lice in your eyelashes, and they eat that shit off like fat people at the Golden Corral. Sir, can we watch the language? I'll tell you what, when sweat starts rolling down your face, there's nothing to stop it. Your eyebrows are gone, your goddamn eyelashes are gone. <laughs> And that sweat rolls right into your eyes. And you know what that stings like, civilian? No, what does it sting like, sir? It stings like you're at boys' camp. And the counselor wraps his towel up into a whip and snaps you right in your bare ball sack. Okay, sir, can we not? Snap. Sir? Snap, snap, snap. Sir, can you stop snapping? Snap. Sir! Ginger snap. Ginger snap. Ginger snap. Stop saying ginger snap. Snap. Sir. Okay, you know what? I don't think this is really helping us. I don't think we're getting any information. I don't think we're resolving much. Okay? Oh, listen to you. Well, I serve my country. You have the audacity to sit there and tell me that that I'm not I'm not a part of the I'm not I got sir that I'm not part.
part of the solution, that I'm part of the problem. No, I'm not saying you're part of the problem, Commander French Lieutenant Left Wing on the Chicago Blackhawks, Dowdy. Well, what are you saying, civilian? I'm saying some of this stuff is nonsensical and... Oh, well, look at you. Have you ever been running around the Congo forest with Agent Orange going off? The Congo forest? That's in Africa. All right. I was just testing you. Sir? I'm talking about being in the Cambodian jungles. Okay, I'm talking about crawling through the killing fields with a human skull wedged in your fucking groin. I'm talking about crawling through corpses like a caterpillar crawls through cucumbers on a hot summer day in Missouri. Okay, you know what, Roger, get them off. I'll tell you what. I gave up my left lung for this country, the United States of America. I can barely smoke a cigarette anymore. And I get real, real tired when I'm having sexual intercourse over at the whorehouse. Sir, what are you saying? That's right. I lost my wife due to my flashbacks. She couldn't take it anymore, so now... When Major Tom Dowdy needs some sexual intercourse, he goes over to the whorehouse. Uh, why are you saying whorehouse? Those don't, that's not even real anymore. Why don't you tell that to Bambi? Who? Bambi. They call her Bambi because she looks like a little baby deer. And when she bends down to drink water, she sure does like to lick it. Excuse me, sir? You heard me, civilian. I said lick it. Do not say that. It's very... Lick it, civilian. Don't say that and stop talking about Bambi. Oh, Bambi like to lick it. Oh, Bambi like to lick my Agent Orange lung. That's what Bambi like to do. Oh, God. Okay, get him off, Roger. How dare you? This is Commander French Lieutenant Tom Dow. I don't care who you are. You're getting perverse. Hang up on him. Bambi gon' lick it. Oh, yeah, Bambi, that's it. Oh, lick it, baby. Just lick it. Lick it, lick it, baby. Oh, that's a good idea. Lick it. Oh, yeah, lick it. Roger, are you hearing this? Oh, Bambi gonna lick it. Bambi gonna lick it. Oh, my God. Hang up on him. Good Lord. Unbelievable. That was sick. What is wrong with that guy? What is wrong with him? Just crazy. Wow, Roger. You know what? Let's move on, man. You know, something that relaxes. That guy just got me wound up. Let's go to something that relaxes me. Fishing, okay? As you know, I've been telling some fishing stories over the summer. I'm going to tell one last one. Uh, Last week, I went fishing down in Florida, and I caught a very unusual fish. It surprised me. I never thought I'd catch one, but I did. It's called a remora. And these are incredible fish. Um, You've seen them before. You You ever watch Shark Week? 
or you ever see underwater footage of large fish swimming around and there's always these fish that are like stuck to the side of the bigger fish hitching a ride? Yeah, those are called remora fish. And uh, they're pretty fascinating. I mean, the thing that struck me the most when I pulled this thing up out of the water, and it was about the length of my forearm, uh, beautiful markings, striped markings, and, uh, you know, really smooth, not a scaly fish, very slick, almost like an eel. But the, the thing that really caught my attention is this fish has a suction cup on the top of its head. Okay, it's got a flat head with a very large suction cup. The suction cup is about the size of a rectangle-like soup cracker. It's like the size of an iPod. And uh, it's unbelievable. that Nature has given a, a creature a suction cup on its head. I mean, are you kidding me? I was just fascinated. I pulled this thing up, and it had a suction cup. And what it does is this this fish, it's very ingenious. It, it swims and, and sucks onto the side of large fish, therefore getting a free ride through the ocean. It's kind of like that, uh, that movement uh, a couple of summers ago. Uh, where all the guys like camped out in in uh, Central Park in New York and wanted a free ride on the economy. Remember those guys? Well, why don't we just call them the the Remoras? <laughs> um, and the Remoras that they, they they stick on the side, they get a free ride, and then they wait for the scraps to come their way when the sharks start ripping a fish apart. So basically, the remoras don't have to work for anything. They, they ride for free. They don't have to expend any energy. And then they don't have to hunt because they just wait for the, the bigger fish to kind of throw them scraps. Um, so, yeah. A lot like those guys that camped out in, in uh, New York. But I digress. Let's get back to the fish. This isn't a social issue. This is a fish. Um, but uh, just a fascinating thing to look at. And the, the fact that God or whoever you believe made everything, uh, by engineer, by design, by natural selection, whatever term or thing you want to attach to it, this is an animal with a suction cup on its head, and it actually swims up and... It affixes itself onto the skin of the shark or the bigger host fish. And it kind of slides backwards. And the more it slides backwards with its head, the tighter the seal. Now, it's not like a lamprey. It doesn't, it doesn't puncture the animal's skin. It doesn't start sucking the flesh out like a lamprey does. But it, in essence, just sticks there as long as it wants. And it can let go whenever it wants and swim away. It's pretty ingenious. In fact, you know, this didn't go uh, this didn't go uh, undiscovered by fishermen back in the day, and it might even still be done today. Spanish fishermen and various um, people who fished over the decades and centuries before the dawn of you know giant gill nets and and motorized motor boats and all that. 
ingenious uh, fishermen, what they would do is when they caught a remora, they would tie a line around its tail and throw the remora back in the ocean if they saw a sea turtle nearby. And the remora instinctively, because that's what they do, they stick to fish and turtles and large sea creatures, the remora would instinctively swim right to the sea turtle, stick to the sea turtle shell, and I guess the, the suction was so secure that these ingenious fishermen would just pull their fishing line in and pull in a giant sea turtle, and back in the day before it was illegal, they would catch a sea turtle and eat the meat and harvest the eggs and make soup and whatever else you do with a sea turtle. But they were using a live fish to catch other creatures using the suction cup. Just, you know, it just fascinates me. If, if you go on uh, Google Images and type in Remora, you will see this, this incredible-looking fish. And uh, it's, it's a very uh, fascinating creature, unlike anything else out there. And how many, how many living things do you know that have a suction cup on their head? You know, except maybe if you have a husband or wife who's uh, cheap and doesn't do any work and makes you do everything around the house. I think they're called gold diggers, but maybe we can start calling them remoras because they just suck. Um, But I also started thinking, you know, my little sister's about to have another baby. And uh, I thought, gee, that would be kind of a cool name. Remora. If you take the fish element off it. Remora could be a boy's name or a girl's name. It's very unique. It's kind of flowy. It's kind of, it's kind of different. It's Remora. Hey, what's your name, man? I'm Remora. Step back. I need you to step back from the Remora. Hi, my name's Remora. I'll be serving you today. I don't know. Cool name. So, you know, just thought I'd share that with you kind of an unusual oddity. I think maybe certain flies have little mini suction cups. I think uh, lizards, certain lizards like geckos have suction cups on their feet. But to be underwater and have a suction cup, to, to have a suction cup on your head, to have the wherewithal to realize you you could save energy and 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 ride for free on the side of another host fish and eat the other fish's prey. I mean, wow. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So there you go. Uh, that's my little fishing story. I had to do something to get out of, away from the, 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 the obscenity of, of Dr. Major Tom Dowdy, whatever his name is. He just freaked me out with that... Bambi stuff in the whorehouse and everything. So I wanted to end on something a little more uh, just neutral, I guess. Okay, so we are at the end of the show. Thank you for being here, everyone. Tell your friends to get their ass over on the Harland Highway, will ya? Good Lord, man. I want to remind everyone that this week, starting tomorrow... Tomorrow I will be on breakfast television in, uh, or actually today I'll be on breakfast television in uh, in uh, Vancouver, uh, Monday the 22nd of September. And then tomorrow the Comzilla Comedy Tour starts across Western Canada, Victoria, Nanaimo, 
Prince Rupert, Saskatoon, Calgary, Regina, Vancouver. Check it out. Go to harlandwilliams.com. The, the, the uh, Western Comzilla stand-up comedy tour goes for uh, just about two weeks, from the 23rd of September to the 4th of October. And uh, it is going to be fun, man. Get your tickets. All the uh, all the links are at my uh, stand-up comedy link at harlandwilliams.com. Please get your tickets now because uh, they are selling super fast, and we don't want you to be disappointed. Um, okay? And uh, hope we, hopefully we see you there. Uh, also, check out my other dates. I have uh, dates coming up in Denver, Colorado in October, October 10th. Then I'll be up in Edmonton. Alberta on October 16th, and uh, it just keeps going and going. Tampa Bay in Florida, November 6th. So keep checking my uh, stand-up comedy schedule. It's going to be awesome. Also, while you're there, check out the Harlan Williams Merchandise Store right there at the website. Also, there's a phone number there. If you want to phone me and leave a message, feel free to do so, or you can write me. There's a link right there, harlanwilliams.com. Uh, also, check out atcallthingscomedy.com, which is a podcast network which I'm featured on with many other funny podcasts and comedians. Got to check that out. Um, and please, when you're on my website, subscribe to my YouTube channel. All you do is click it, and you're done. You're, it's free. Every time I put up a wacky video, you're in the loop. So a lot of free entertainment for y'all. Y'all. And that's it, man. That's all we have time for today. I'm going to go and rinse my head under the sink so I can get the sound of Major Tom, French Caesar salad, Lieutenant Dowdy out of my head. And until next time, ladies and fertile noggins, chicken chow mein, baby. Oh, baby, going to lick it. Baby, going to lick it. Oh, baby, going to lick it. Lick it.